0: Hyundai's most electric EV lineup changes the way you look and feel about EVs, specifically Hyundai EVs. Hyundai's EV lineup has everything you've been yearning for in your next or first EV, boldly captivating your senses. There's the ultra-fast charging in the Ioniq 5 and Ioniq 6 from 10 to 80% in as little as 18 minutes. There's the fun-to-drive lineup and the tech-infused standard safety features like highway driving assist and blind spot collision Warning. Plus, you get America's Best Warranty with a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited electric battery warranty. Learn more about Hyundai EVs at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's Best Warranty Claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations. (music)
1: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL podcast. But we're not just daily. No, no, no. We have many, many shows throughout the week. Eight total on average. Maybe more than eight on average, I guess, but eight minimum per week through the rest of the regular season. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. If you like the podcast, if you love the podcast, leave a review. Download. If if you're if you're a subscriber, even if you're like if you listen to the show regularly, but you don't get to every episode, download and delete every episode. Because that still counts. Maybe hit play on them. I don't know. Um, the metrics. All the metrics help us. So do that. Uh, you scroll through your thing. Hit the five-star thing. You don't have to write anything if you don't want. Just five-star review. We appreciate all those. we got a, we got a new goal we're setting up. Maybe we'll get some prizes out. Who knows? And uh, if you want to write something down, that would be awesome, too. In the meantime, get you ready for a little Monday Night Football, and then we'll talk to Jason Lock and Fora. But
2: first... Jared Dubin, dude, what's up, buddy? Uh, hey, man. My hey, podcast man. app um, automatically downloads episodes. Do people not automatically download podcast episodes? I feel like no, you don't I'm have to you, manually do it.
1: Like, I don't. Um, I'm out of shape right now. I haven't been working out. I'm not like. I'm not using earphones very often. I'm not like. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm not. I'm not in full. Like, if I'm working out a bunch, I'm caught up on all my podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'll have shows I listen to regularly, but I'll be, um, I'll be, it'll, it'll be, like, not interested anymore. Like, start downloading again or, or something like that. Or, you know, if, if there's, like, five shows and I don't listen to them, like, the three behind it won't be downloaded. So, I'm just saying, you yeah. know. Really? I didn't
2: know
1: also, it was like that. Yeah, you, yeah, and also podcasts take up a ton of space. So, some people might not automatically download. I don't know.
2: Yeah, losers. You know Download podcasts.
1: Ca- yeah, yeah, download the podcast, losers. You know who else takes up a ton of space? Eli Manning. A ton of cap space. but he's gonna oh. the, Hey! He's going to put that cap space to good use on Monday night when he fills in one penultimate time for Daniel Jones. Maybe it might be the ultimate time. Maybe this is Eli's last game. Is, it, is this a curtain call for Eli Manning? Um, Yeah. Well, as in, like, could he play more? I mean, he could play more games, you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh,
2: sure. I mean, there's really no reason for the Giants to rush Daniel Jones back if he's hurt. Like, he's going to be their quarterback next year more likely than not because Dave Gettleman's not going to admit he was wrong after one year. He won't admit he was wrong about taking a running back at number two after two years. So I highly doubt he's going to admit he was wrong about a quarterback who, like, he made fun of everybody for – not liking him after he had one good game against the bucks um I haven't heard from Dave Gettleman since then, so I would imagine he's not <laughs> gonna admit uh defeat on daniel jones and and he's not necessarily hundred percent wrong, but certainly the returns haven't been good in recent weeks. so I would say it like why not just start Eli for the last four games
1: if Eli wins this game, he'd go to one seventeen and one sixteen like. There's a perfect, as I've said on this podcast before, a perfect Thanosian balance to Eli being a 500 quarterback as as rational minds scream, he's not that good, his name overrates him, and Giants fans scream, screw you, we love Eli, he's the goat, you rivers guy, you went to big moments, he's great, he's amazing. Um, it, it allows for a very heated debate on both sides of the ball, literally. Uh, if he loses, do they have to run him out one more time so he can get back to 500?
2: No. I mean it's not like everybody doesn't know that he's been you know somewhere between slightly above average and slightly below average for the vast majority of his career. Um that that seems like a pretty widely accepted um fact, I guess you would say. I mean it is a fact. So, I mean the the entire argument for Eli as a player has been, you know, he made two of the greatest Super Bowl runs of all time, and that's true whether he is 117 and 116 or 116 and 117 or 116 and 120. Um, those Super Bowl runs happen. They're going to put him in the Hall of Fame more likely than not. People are going to yell about it. Certainly it's going to be mostly undeserved, but that's the way that things work. Well. I can only think of one other off the top of my head, and maybe there's a couple, but
1: one other quarterback with a losing record in the Hall of Fame, and that is, uh, is this Joe, Joe Namath. Willie. Yeah, Joe Willie yeah. Namath, 62, 63, and 4. Um yeah. At least Joe I Willie, mean, le- at least he led the league in passing yards more than like, like three times. Sure, he led the league in interceptions three times, but passing touchdowns once, yards per attempt twice, attempts twice, I mean like, you know, Eli just has interceptions twice, I think.
2: Yeah, but you know he won those two Super Bowls, Super and uh, that's what people are going to remember. Yeah,
1: uh, he did actually lead in 2011. He led the league in um, fourth quarter drives, fourth quarter comebacks, and game winning drives. So I'll give him that. Um, he he was good at that for a, for a stretch. It, look, it, you know this doesn't need to be a debate about Eli Manning. Can Eli Manning ruin the uh, the Giants? The the excuse me, can he ruin the Eagles' chances of uh, winning? this game and making the playoffs. The Eagles have won five straight against the Giants. They play again in week 17. Um, last we saw the Giants, they got blasted by the Packers and the Eagles somehow managed to lose to the Dolphins. That feels like it was seven years ago, Debo. And yet it was one week ago.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, wasn't calling I, kinda, you
1: Debo, I was just pointing out that Debo is at that game.
2: I no, feel. no, I know. And he's obviously on, on the line here. Uh, I, I think, you know, to similar go- to what I said about the Cowboys on Thursday, I trust the Eagles to beat themselves more than I trust the Giants to beat the Eagles. Mm. Um, the Cowboys let the Bears beat them, I would say, uh, on Thursday and did a, a fair amount of beating themselves, too. I don't think the Giants are nearly as good as the Bears, so I think that the Eagles' chances of losing this game are lower. But if they do lose it, I think it's going to be a situation where the Eagles screw things up somehow, more likely than Eli comes out and torches them. I mean, one one thing that's going to be interesting to watch is just we've never seen Eli play after an extended absence at any point in his career. I mean, he sat out... One game in 16 years before he was benched for Daniel Jones, and he was put right back in the starting lineup the next week. Um, it, seem, it seems pretty likely that he'll be, you know, pretty much the same player. I mean, it's highly doubtful that he changed much while sitting out for 10, 12 weeks or so. I mean, he's been the same guy for like 16 years. Why would he have changed much at all? But. Playing after such a an extended absence is obviously much different than playing every week. So it's going to be interesting to see what he looks like on in that sense.
1: That's a great point. We've never seen Eli come out come off cold. Is um the Giants' offense is is it good? No, I don't think it is. No. You know, they put up some numbers, but like Evan Ingram's to be missing. Certainly uh, Shepard should be out there. Golden Tate. I think we'll have Darius Slayton, and of course mm-hmm. you have Saquon Barkley. What do you think's contributed to Saquon Barkley? Is it just injuries? Is it scheme? Is it usage? Why is Saquon Barkley been so bad this season? Uh I Or think so he, he, not Saquon Barkley?
2: Yeah, I mean, he came back from a high ankle sprain if after missing what two games, two, three games. Yeah, that's not what you're supposed to do. Like straight up, you don't do that.
1: Right, that's that's it. That's the answer.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at it in two plus games before the injury. He was averaging 6.5 yards per touch, and in six games since, he's at 4.1 yards per touch. Like,
1: mm. do you get hurt against Tampa
2: Bay? Is that right? Uh Whatever it was, week three.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because that was the, the the Daniel Jones game,
2: right? Yeah, he has not been. I mean, been you look at it since... too. Like he's yeah. had more more than four yards per carry in one of those six games. High of 83 yards rushing in those games. His longest run is 22 yards. Only two of his carries out of a hundred have gone for 20 or more yards. And remember, this is the guy that led the league in 20 plus yard runs last year, 16 runs yeah. on 261 carries. Like it's just, it's very clear he has not been the same guy since the injury.
1: He has 544 rushing yards on the season of that 227 came in the first two weeks before he got hurt. And they had eight carries yeah. for 10 yards against Tampa. Banged up his ankle, and he hadn't been the same sense. And, you know, I mean, his targets are way down, too. I, you know, I wonder, is it like Daniel Jones didn't throw into the, the, you know, the running back? Like, I wonder, do you think there's a chance we see a, a quote-unquote, vintage Saquon game tonight because Eli's under center? That's the other thing about it, too. Like, he was getting – you know, he Eli loves a dump down to a
2: running back. He does. I think that one of the differences is he's just been – held in to block more often. Um, we've talked about before the, uh, established the run guys. They've been making this point throughout the season where teams have essentially noticed that he's not been as good in pass protection this season. Yeah. And they have sent more blitzes when he's on the field than they did last year, which has caused, you know, caused Daniel Jones to, to check and hold him in for protection as opposed to, you know, being out there and running a route all the time. If you look at it this year, I'm going to try to pull up. He's pass blocked on 58 snaps this season. Last year, he pass blocked on 72 all year. And obviously he's played fewer games. I mean, he's going to definitely exceed that this season, as, as long as they keep blitzing, you know, about as often. I mean, you look at it since coming back, um, eight pass-blocking snaps, seven, two, eleven, nine, eight. Like, that is much higher than at any time last season. I mean, his season high in pass-blocking snaps was seven last year, and he's already done that. Uh, he's exceeded that five times in the last six weeks.
1: This is like so, buying a Porsche and using it as a tractor.
2: Well, it's not necessarily by design. It's Teams are blitzing them more, and... If you have a blitz, you gotta keep an extra guy in to block, otherwise your quarterback's gonna get killed. Yeah, I I know, I'm just saying, but like,
1: that's, this is like another argument why you don't take a running back at two. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, (laughs) mean, there are plenty of reasons why you don't take a running back at two. I think, uh, needing to keep him in to pass protect is pretty far down the list. (laughs) Um, but he's also, like, he was a terrific pass blocker in college and last season. He just hasn't been, as good at it this year. And and I mean, that high Yeah. I was going to say it's entirely possible. It all comes back to the ankle. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, by the way, it's just crazy that they brought him back so quickly. Like, I don't understand how you do that. Like it was pretty clear at that point, your season was going nowhere. They were like two and four. You're playing a rookie quarterback at, at that point, the other teams in the division looked significantly better than them. like, this guy is supposed to be such an important cornerstone for the franchise like clearly you're going to overpay him in 2 years just like the your division rival did with their top 5 draft pick running back like why are you putting him out there to play hurt and not look as good like just sit him down for 6 weeks the two game doing? winning
1: streak against the redskins and vikings feels like a while ago what uh what is the uh streak what is the what do you think about the the Eagles defense here against the Giants because the, there was a period of time when people were telling telling folks, "You're like, hey, look, the secondary is starting to come on. The Eagles' secondary is starting to come on. It might be a little bit better. They're getting healthy." And then they gave up 37 points to the Miami Dolphins. Um, it does not look like it's coming on. They they also haven't scored. And they scored 31 against Miami, but 19 total points the two weeks before that um, to kickstart this three-game losing streak out of the bye. I mean, the, the Eagles have had every opportunity. With a healthy Carson Wentz, mind you, to go steal the division. And I mean, the Cowboys are
2: begging them to come take it and they just won't do it. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could start, uh, with the defense. I don't think it's been obviously very good this year. They're, you know, their, their past defense DVOA is 15th in the league, which makes it seem like it's average, but you know, you look a little bit deeper and they're not like good. At anything, you know, they're they're outside the top 10 against throws to the left, throws to the middle, throws to the right <laughs> against deep throws, against short throws, against number one receivers, number two receivers, slot receivers, tight ends. Uh, basically, the only thing they've done well in pass defense is uh, play on second downs. They're they're third in DVOA on second down against passes. But they're 20th on first down and 28th on third and fourth down. And, you know, that's that's not tenable. And that's why teams have thrown. On them pretty much all year, Um, you know. Avanti Maddox has not played well in the slot. Jalen Mills has not played well on the outside. Ronald Darby has been up and down, and mostly just okay during that those up periods. Um, You know, to to me, the big issue though is they built this defense around arguably the deepest and most versatile defensive line in the league coming into the season, and that defensive line has just been sort of ravaged by injuries throughout the year. Um, They're having to play guys more snaps than they're used to they're having to play guys they didn't necessarily want to play and you know they're only 10th in pressure rate and 14th in sacks as a result and that's just not where they thought they were going to be that this was supposed to be like a top five pressure unit in the league and that was going to make up for the fact their defensive backs are not quite as good as you would like them to be and that just hasn't happened mm. yeah it was
1: when they had you know and they were rotating Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett and Vinnie Curry and Chris Long and Michael Bennett. And, you know, everybody threw. And, obviously, you know, they had a healthy Tim Chernigan and and, and Fletcher Cox. And, you know, and when everybody was cooking, his defensive line was great. And now not so much. Uh, Jim Schwartz does love to blitz. Wouldn't be surprised if we see plenty of that uh, coming to Saquon Barkley and Eli Manning. Um, So on the Eagles' offensive side of the ball, Carson Wentz. Is he good?
2: Yes. Um I think mean, we've we've seen at this point certainly a larger sample of him being good than bad. Um he's obviously not been nearly as good this year as he was in his, you know, twenty seventeen near MVP season and then even last year. I mean you look at it just compared to last year, I mean, his completion percentage was 69.6 last year, 62.4 this season. Yards per attempt down from 7.7 to 6.5. Pro football reference now has, you know, advanced passing stats. His, his bad throw rate has spiked from 14.4% to 19% this season. Mm-hmm. His, his interception rate is basically where it was a year ago, but his touchdown rate has dropped off. It doesn't help, obviously, that his receivers are dropping passes left and right. Um, 4.9% drop rate this season. The only quarterback with a higher drop rate is Dak, uh, nice. at 5.5%. Um, you know, they, they haven't had Deshaun Jackson played 65 snaps the whole season. He was supposed to be their deep threat. I mean, you look at it this year, Wentz has a 65.9 passer rating on deep throws. That's 23rd out of 27 qualifying quarterbacks. That's just not what this was supposed to be,
1: you know. No. Do you, if Deshaun Jackson plays, do you think anyway, um, we don't need to get into that. but what how can the Eagles help him the most? Like what is how can they help him the most and, and does it even matter tonight? Like can they just sort of go in and win this game by playing some half decent football?
2: Yeah, I was going to say that. I don't know that the Eagles necessarily need to help him. Against the Giants other than just catching the passes that are thrown to them when they're wide open You know, I mentioned how bad Phillies pass defense has been, you know, just in terms of not being very good or anything The Giants defense against the pass has been legit bad at everything, you know, they're 30th in overall pass defense DVOA 28th against throws to the left 23rd against throws over the middle 25th against throws to the right 28th against short throws, or 25th against short rows, 28th against deep throws. I mean, you could throw at DeAndre Baker on basically every play. 135.3 passer rating allowed on throws in his direction this season at Pro Football Focus. That's 171st out of 175 quarterbacks and safeties who have played 200 snaps in coverage this year. He's a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think he's uh, a pretty hey, he's player, player having a tough time. Yeah, it's a tough time. And stuff. early in the season, like, he got roasted by Amari Cooper in the first week of the season when Janoris Jenkins was out. Like, why are you covering Amari Cooper with this guy and letting him get torched all game? Um Yeah, and, uh, Jenkins has been shadowing more often in recent weeks. Like, maybe he shadows Alshon Jeffrey, and that means that Baker only has to deal with either Nelson Aguilar or, or JJ ortega Whiteside. Um, you know, but it, it, it's not like him and Grant Haley, uh, who's also been terrible this season, have been able to shut down anybody this year. So it's not like I'd expect them to shut those guys down either.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Um, all right, let's talk about some props. We'll get to the pick. What, uh, Eli Manning. This is, this is very bizarre because Eli Manning's over under for passing yards is actually higher than Carson Wentz's over-under. Eli is 249.5. Carson Wentz is 238.5. Either of those intrigue you in terms of over
2: or under. Um, I feel like I'd probably go over on both of them. Neither one of these pass defenses is very good. And even if Manning doesn't throw the ball down the field... There's the possibility of, I mean, he's got good after-catch guys. Like, Golden Tate's a good after-catch guy. Sterling Shepard's a good after-catch guy. Saquon, when he's not hurt, is a good after-catch guy, and there's always a chance that he breaks something. Uh, and Darius Slayton has been good uh, on downfield throws. Not that Eli throws downfield all that often, but I feel like both of these passing game units have a, a pretty decent advantage against the opposing secondaries, and neither team is all that good at getting pressure uh, granted the the Giants' offensive line has allowed pressure at the second-highest rate in the league this year, so maybe Eli is going to be under pressure all night and dumping it off, but I feel like even dumping it off against this Philly team, if you do it enough times, you could uh get yourself a, a decent amount of yardage.
1: Yeah, and I feel like both teams are... Decent against the run, like for whatever reason they just kind of sell out and stop the run, and you can just throw on them. So you have to be willing to throw. Uh, Miles, I mean the
2: Giants do it because Dave Gettleman thinks that how you that's how you win. I mean he's wrong, but that's I mean they're 11th in run defense DVOA this year, and they traded a draft pick for Leonard Williams in the middle of the season when they were already pretty good at stopping the run, and like they have to pay Leonard Williams after this year, and they just drafted a defensive tackle in the first round. Like I don't know what these guys are doing. It's, it's unbelievable. Like at least Pittsburgh's worked out. Like I'll give the Steelers credit. I didn't think it was a very smart move, but they did it. They also traded for a safety, which is like a pass defense move. The giants traded for a defensive tackle when they already drafted a defensive tackle in the first round this year, the second round, a couple of years ago. And their run defense was already pretty good. Like, I don't know. Like, but no one,
1: no one else can stop the run. If Dave Gettleman has all all the defensive tackles.
2: That's true. That's true that
1: um okay say uh miles sanders over under 66 and a half rushing yards
2: i feel like the eagles are gonna win so i'll go over because you can run when you're winning
1: that that is true you you can run when you're losing just ask dave You
2: gotta establish it
1: (laughs) hashtag establish it um Let's see what else is there. Uh, Saquon Barkley, his rushing yards is sixty-four and a half
2: under. Okay, over on receiving, whatever it is.
1: Is Do you think that's the play? Would you take? Would you rather take receiving or total? Ninety-eight and a half total yards is the number for him. So
2: that means I would rather take the the receiving than the total because I think that the rushing could be like thirty-five or something. Okay, but if he gets, you know. Well, that means his receiving number, receiving.
1: If, it's, if it's 61 and a half for his rushing yards, it's just, that would mean his receiving
2: is like 37 and a half? Or 37? Yeah, I mean, Eli throws him eight checkdowns and he's got it.
1: Yeah, easy. What's he averaging? What's he, what's he averaging per, Is he averaging per, uh, per catch here? Let's see, Saquon, Saquon Barkley averaging. Do, do do 7.7 yards per catch. He's just getting way less catches than he was last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, he gets five catches though and he's got that pretty easily. Yeah. All right, that's a good. that's
1: something to look at then. All right, I like that idea. Um what uh what about
2: Golden Tate over 52 and a half receiving yards? I mean, this depends I think on whether you think they're going to use Tate in the slot or Shepard in the slot. Like, whoever is, is in the slot has the matchup with Avante Maddox probably. And that's just a significantly better matchup than either of the outside guys. Yeah. All, even though, obviously, the, the outside guys have not been all that good this season either. I just think it, it's much easier to throw against Maddox than it is against uh, Mills or Darby. So... Mm. It's it's tough to say how they're going to align like that. They have barely played together this season, Shepard and Tate. Um I would expect, I think, that Shepard would be on the inside, yes. but who knows? Yeah, you just got to get that one right. If you figure out who's on the inside, whoever's
1: lining up on the slot most of the time is going to be a high-value guy. I feel like Sterling Shepard maybe has – I mean, the one thing about Sterling Shepard, remember, like Golden Tate hasn't ever played with Eli Manning. Because
2: he was suspended. Right, he was suspended for those first couple games, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you look at Sterling Shepard, I mean, he had 13 catches on 16 targets the first two weeks of the season for 142 yards and a touchdown. Like, that's sort of, it's not crazy numbers, but I mean, like, you know, the rest of his his other four games when healthy, obviously all with Daniel Jones, have been 20 catches for 180 yards. I would expect, with no Evan Ingram, like Eli should lean on Sterling Shepard here, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would think he leans on Tate too. I mean, they're both short yardage guys. It seems yeah. like Slayton's going to be the one who doesn't see much action. He's an outside guy and a deep down field guy for the most and, part, and a rookie, and a rookie. I mean, he's, he's rookie this who had, year. Like,
1: he hadn't played with Eli. I mean, just, Eli didn't know him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I wrote about him for uh, when in my uh, weekly recap that goes up on Tuesday. I wrote about him a few weeks ago and how good he's been for a uh, late round receiver. Um, you know, it's it's on a list with guys obviously they were significantly more productive, but like the only other guys that had matched or exceeded his totals as a late round rookie it was like Marcus Colson and like three other guys and that was it. Um, so he's been, he's been good. I think he's a nice find for them. He's a good player.
1: Okay. Uh we mentioned oh, you know, what? let's just get a pick. Uh who you got? What do you think? Uh I got 30-20 Eagles. Well, that is right on it. Over-under is 45, so you think it's going to go over? I love the over, as you would say. <laughs> um, it, it looks like five miles an hour wind, so nothing much. It's going to rain throughout the day in Philly, but then going to chill out by evening time. So there so, should be some rain up there in Philly, but not nothing bad. And then you were right on the, uh, the spread because the Eagles are minus 10 or minus 9.5, depending on what you're looking at. Um, you would take, probably, I guess, take the Eagles to cover, or would you assume that Eli Manning could bring it through the back
2: door? Uh, do one of those teasers, guys. Tease it down to three or whatever.
1: Tease it down to three and then tease the, uh, the, the over down to 30 or 38, 38 and a half.
2: Yeah, there you go. Right. Do that. Yeah.
1: Tease it down to three and 38 and a half.
2: Also, we, neither of these teams is trustworthy. Don't bet on this game.
1: Yeah, or just don't, or just bet on the problem. We'll <laughs> Or just say the over on Sterling Shepard catches and, and receiving yards. Yeah, and take Miles the Sanders over, take over on
2: Eli Manning passes that travel less than five yards past the line of scrimmage. Take the over on
1: number of jokes made on Twitter about Eli Manning making a silly face when he throws an interception.
2: Take the over on references to the NFC East being an abomination. Ooh,
1: that's a good call too.
2: Bug. Uh, um, also, I, I I do want to note one thing just regarding the Eagles' offense. Their 12 personnel usage, they've obviously significantly raised that this year, and especially without Deshaun Jackson. They're at 43% in 12 personnel. That's by far the most in the league if you look at sharp football stats. And the Giants have faced only 48 passes out of 12 personnel all season, so – it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that. That could be something where the Eagles offense shows them a look they haven't seen all that much this Wait, year. Wait,
1: the, the Giants have faced how many passes out of 12 personnel?
2: 48. And the
1: Eagles run more 12 personnel than anybody else? Again, Yes. Okay.
2: Dallas Goddard could have a nice game. He could. So could Zach Ertz. I mean, those are the, you know, two of the three best receiving options for them. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar, I mean, he's dropping passes like we're dropping references to the NFC is stinking, you know?
1: <laughs> Zach Ertz, 42 targets, 33 catches, two touchdowns, 312 yards his last four games uh, after a very slow start to the season. Making people very happy. Uh, all right, dudes. Talk to you. uh Good stuff, as always. Talk to you on uh, Thursday,
2: man. Yeah, we get to talk about another terrible New York team Ooh. on Thursday, I believe. That's
1: right. Jets and uh, Jets and Ravens. We get to talk about Lamar Jackson, This so that's fun.
2: Yeah, let's just talk about Lamar the whole time.
1: Uh, We will almost 100% do that. We'll complain about Adam Gase, too. We'll definitely do both of those things. Uh, Stick where you are are after the break. Talk to Jason Lockin' for about the latest news and notes around the
0: NFL. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right.
1: Welcome back. As promised, time to talk to the man, the myth, the legend, CBS Sports NFL insider, Jason for JLC, what's up, buddy?
3: How you doing, bud?
1: Uh, good. Um, sort of, you know, I mean, post-holiday, a little drudge, drudge, I guess is the right word. And know, it's, you know, you sort of, you, you got to push through to the end of the season. The, like, absolutely finish strong. Yeah. Malaise, post-holiday, mid-holiday there you go. malaise. Like, I like hear in, between, you. in between talking to you and Dubin, I went downstairs to make a cup of coffee. My wife's down there doing Christmas cards and she's like, we, we have to get Christmas presents.
3: Oh, dude, I've been, that's, yeah, pretty much my trains up and back to New York the last couple of weeks have been me doing a lot of online shopping for the kids. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, like, I've already got my son's Christmas presents. We've already taken care. She's like, we're going to get my mom and your mom and, and your brother. I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's December 9th. It's not December 24th.
3: It does. It does tend to. Oh well, I mean, The week of Christmas though is always nuts. You know what I mean? So that week yeah. is pretty much a wash, right? Christmas Eve's Wednesday.
1: Yeah.
3: You're not going to get much done that Monday or Tuesday. So really that gives you this week and next week.
1: Well when you put it like that, that's kind yeah. of true. Well
3: that's yeah. just saying, that's how I'm looking at it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And um the worst part is like when you you know, when you do like a NFL related job is you're you know, like you know, obviously Sunday you're not shopping. You're not going shopping on Sunday, you're not going shopping on Monday. No. Um well, no. It's hard. Tuesday, you're sort of hung over and, 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 you know, like just from the week, not actually hung over. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and sure. It's, it's, of so it's like, not. it's like last minute shopping is hard to pull off on Christmas Eve's on a Wednesday and you, and you cover the NFL. So, right. That's what I'm uh, saying. You're right. Maybe I should get on this. Maybe she, um, huh? you've made me she might, have a point. she might have a point. She might have a point. I'm going to tell you. She it's might just, be onto something. I don't know. My wife, my wife gets high levels of anxiety about I, I'm the holidays. I'm, no, everything. I'm just I'm trying to pump her with a steady diet of C. Well
3: you guys have you got your whole you doing the whole uh magical mystery tour?
1: Uh don't just, you just, go
3: like don't you do a little bit of like a
1: Yeah, Christmas, um,
3: Christmas
1: three spots? You're all over
3: the place, right? You you go to like your mom's for a while and then your wife's parents for a while. Don't you do like a circle around like
1: yeah, Carolina? It's a, uh it's a it's like a six hundred mile, eight hour trip and we don't leave the state.
0: <laughs> loop ridiculous. de loop.
1: It's like driving right. to New York. It's like driving to right. New York in like, in like the span of like two days. Um, yeah, it's going to suck. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Let's talk about, you know what? It could be worse. I could be getting, uh, could be on the hot seat. I say could be on the hot seat. Who knows? Um,
3: <laughs> we, <laughs> we all know, could be on the hot seat.
1: Yeah. For all we know, what, uh, what was your, what was your takeaway from Ravens Bills on Sunday? Cause it was, not really the Lamar Jackson show, but they won ugly. And that I, that's kind of good sometimes, right? I
3: mean, two weeks in a row they did. Um, I, I mean, look, it is the NFL. I know there was a five-, six-week stretch where it looked like, uh, you know, SEC teams beating up on, you know, whatever Ivy League teams. But that's not how it's going to go in the pros. And, you know, there is – the accumulated sort of wear and tear as you you get deeper into the season. And, frankly, I had some concerns, given what a backyard brawl the 49ers-Ravens was last week, about how both those teams would respond. And they both won tight games in very different ways. Um, I mean, look, Buffalo, (laughs) San Francisco is the best defense maybe in all of football. I know it didn't show up. Especially, you know, yesterday and especially in the first half, but that's a dominant defense. The Bills defense is top five and top three in a lot of categories. I mean I mean look, San Francisco, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, New England are probably the best defenses in football, right? I mean, am I sure. talking speaking out of turn?
1: San Francisco. What are the Ravens what are the Ravens what do the Ravens Pittsburgh, do to those four teams? But- Yeah, I'll give you that. What did the
3: Ravens do to those four teams?
1: They uh, beat them. They beat them all, right? Yeah.
3: So, I I mean, are you going to win 35-7 every week? Probably not. Again, that's not how it goes up here, even for, you know, Tom Brady in his prime, except for the one year where they almost went undefeated. Like, that's not how it's going for Russell Wilson every week. That's not how it's going for anybody. You know, it was funny. I got a chuckle. Our boy Prisco puts this tweet out there, like, with Lamar's passing yards the last
1: four weeks. Oh, boy.
3: I guess it's a change game. Go look at his boy, Aaron Rodgers. Lamar's last five weeks is thrown for more yards than Aaron Rodgers. Yo, I I mean, and Aaron Rodgers is playing poo poo. Four of his touchdowns came against the Giants. Aaron Rodgers can't throw for 250 yards in a game. Aaron Rodgers barely throws for 200 yards in a game. Aaron Rodgers is glory boy quarterback of the century, $34 million a year, 12 years of experience past Lamar. Um, Playing against bad teams, not playing San Francisco and Seattle and this gauntlet. The Ravens are nine and zero. The combined record of the teams that they played in that stretch is sixty-five and thirty-nine on the nine-game winning streak. Okay. So and Prisco doesn't put in the total yardage that Lamar has accumulated, and he doesn't have in there that Lamar in the red zone is the best quarterback in the NFL and the only guy who's in the vicinity is Deshaun Watson. He's thrown 19 touchdowns, no interceptions, only taken two sacks in the red zone. He has the, the highest quarterback rating in the NFL in the red zone. And when you can run the ball the way they do between the twenties, and then he does what he does in the red zone and what he does running the ball and what he does managing the game and the explosive plays. Come on, man, don't don't compare. I mean, uh, you know, and and again, we can talk about the gross passing yardage, but games are played in different ways. and, this, what this kid's done is, he's got the most, he's got the most touchdown passes in the NFL.
1: <laughs> the, um, the, the Aaron Rodgers thing is interesting because we were on the halftime show on CBS Sports HQ, the, for the one o'clock games, me and Jamie and, and Pete. And I was, you know, um, I guess we were talking about the Vikings Lions game. I was like, well, look, I mean, you know, not really worried about it. You know, you know this is, they're doing what the Packers should be doing. They're up. You know, twenty to nothing on a bad football team at home. They're not making. They're not letting it become a game. And Kirk Cousins has played really well the last few weeks. So I'm like I'm not worried about it. Kirk Cousins has probably been better than Aaron Rodgers the last few weeks. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, he has been.
3: He. he I mean, you can go look at my column and Aaron Rodgers. What he's done in the last five weeks. I mean, again, he destroyed the Giants. Everybody destroys the Giants. But he doesn't throw touchdown passes unless he's playing the Giants recently. They're not prolific, and do they have that fifth gear that they can hit in January?
0: Maybe. I mean, I
3: haven't seen it. Maybe it's coming. Maybe if they have to play the kind of game that the Saints and 49ers played yesterday, the Packers could hold up in a game like that against one of those teams. I mean, I kind of doubt it, but maybe, maybe maybe it's there. And there's nothing wrong with being a game manager, but let's just be real. They're only asking Aaron Rodgers to be a game manager right now. They are winning with the defense and the run game, which is no offense. I just kind of laugh when people take shots. You know what I mean? When the guy, you know, who said Green Bay could go undefeated this year and Aaron Rodgers is his preseason MVP pick every single year, Aaron Rodgers ain't even in a discussion. He wouldn't be in the top. I don't know, I don't think he'd be in my top
1: ten. People How could throw, he be? People throw him in the top five or ten as like a filler because the because the Packers are ten and three. They're, or ten and two or whatever they are. They're – he he has no business being in there. I mean, I would put That's I would put Zayary Smith or one of the running backs there before him. He's if you take out and look, I know that this is kind of a questionable game to play because you know you can't t- t- take out the take out his two best games. But like, if you take out that Raiders game where he lit up a terrible Raiders defense for five touchdowns and four hundred twenty nine passing yards, and, and you then take four out,
3: against the Giants.
1: and take out the Giants game, um, he is averaging two hundred thirty five passing yards per game. And, you know, he has 23 minus nine, basic math, 14 passing touchdowns in 11 games. That's not great.
3: No, that's who they've been. I mean, that's the, that, but that is what most weeks, what they've been. 225 yards. I mean, high completion percentage, of course. I mean, he's a smart guy. He knows where to chuck it. He knows where to put it. But, like, you know, 18 for 24, 225 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. That's him. Which again, they're winning this way, and that's all great. But if somebody does stick to the run game and gets a lead on them, and they have to come back, can they do it? I don't know. And I, I, I don't know. All I know is he's making the same money as Russell Wilson, and there ain't one of these things is not like the other this year.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Like, would you right now if you had to if you I don't want to say if you had to win a game, but let's say you need to pick a quarterback for the rest of the season in the playoffs. Are you taking Ryan Tannehill or Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I'll still
3: take Aaron Rodgers because he's Aaron Rodgers. Um,
1: but I mean, like at a certain at a certain point, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you. I understand because you want like you want you want to say, listen. If this guy turns it on and goes nuclear,
3: I mean Aaron Rodgers' body of work is just so. But but look, I've, i I I I'm the one who two weeks ago told you, hey, uh, they already know in Tennessee that like uh they're already talking about extending this guy. Like he's blowing them away in practice. He's blowing them away in games. Like they're they're sold in Tennessee, and now they're they're gonna have to probably use the franchise tag because if you're him and you're doing this, why why would you sign anything until they franchise you? Well, I mean, like I mean again, unless they want to pay you thirty five million dollars a year, but. The franchise tag is twenty seven, and he's the best looking free agent or or trade commodity quarterback on the market. Why, you know what I mean? Why do you have to do business with Tennessee in January or February? I, I mean, I, I would almost think it's representative negligence to not make them tag you. You know what I mean? Otherwise, yeah, who knows what could be out there on the other side, dude? This is some of the throws this kid's making every—I say kid—he's thirty years old he's doing, What he's doing every—I mean. I get it. It's only been half a season. but You see the tackle he, he made? Dude, 50 yards downfield. Wrecked the guy. I mean, but you see the throw he made from with straddling his own goal line? Not yeah. even being able to fire his legs into the ball, just flick of it, the
1: arm kind of thing, it, 50 you, you yards? You know what it looked like? It looked like a vintage Aaron Rodgers throw. Dude, I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, what he's been doing it every
3: week. And, yeah, he'll still make a mistake or two. I mean, the interception – albeit there was, like, three defensive linemen surrounding them all with their hands up and the ball bounced the right way, and that stuff happens. But this guy is, like, he's, like, swagged out. He's just letting it all hang out. And, I mean, the comparison, nothing's changed with that offense except the quarterback. You know what I mean? It's not like they got four guys back from injury and made a trade at the deadline. It's the same dude. Same yeah. offensive line, same running back, same receivers. Delaney Walker never you know what I mean? Got night didn't never got to play with Delaney Walker. And it is night I mean, it is polar opposite of what that's looked like for five years under Mariota. I mean, it ain't even close.
1: Is it is it sorta uh, possible is it sort of possible that I mean, like this seems it's a very odd not an odd explanation, but is it possible that Ryan Tannehill being in the final year of his deal, knowing that this is, like, he's, he's out of Miami, he's out of the pressure of being the first round pick, the future, the replacement for Dan Marino, the, you know, the long-awaited replacement for Dan Marino. Um, like, Marcus Mariota has all of that pressure, and he's never seemed like he could cut it loose. Is it, is it possible and perhaps ironic that, when like Ryan Tannehill was finally is freed from the pressures that Mariota had to deal with and that he had to deal with in Miami, and that's sort of why he's that way, or is it is it a combination? Yeah, no, I think of... I think
3: it's I think it's reasonable. I mean, I I did some reporting on it when they had their bye week about three weeks ago and talked to some people who know him. Yeah, you um, told you said on here that he, he's in Miami.
0: And, and, yeah.
3: yeah, and they were all just like he don't care anymore. Like he's banked, he's his bank is straight, his pockets are straight, he's not sweating having to live up to being the ninth overall pick. He's out of the Don Aponte, Joe Philbin, Mike Tannenbaum vortex of death. He got a new lease on life. He got to sit back and watch what Mariota did well and didn't do well. He got to immerse himself in the offense from the point of the trade through the offseason, through the preseason, then watch Mariota for, you know what I mean, and come in when the bar is really low, right, when they finally bench their first-round pick. And he's like, why, why am I going to look over my shoulder? Why am I going to worry about how somebody wants to program me to be or what anybody thinks of me? I'm going to go out, trust my athleticism, trust my study, trust my receivers. And I'm going to let it all hang loose. Yeah. And it's—I don't think it's a fluke. Now, is he going to play to this level for years? And no, I mean, dude, the, the guy's got like a QB rating of like 138 or whatever. Like, no, he's not going to do that every week, but. He came in with no margin of error on a team that was looked like it was gonna fall apart and in tatters. And now he's got them with a chance to control their own destiny to win the division. And I do think they can sweep the Texans. I think them coming in with the physical brand of football they play and with I just feel like the the sort of vibe that Vrabel pumps into them is the is so one hundred and eighty degree different from the vibe or lack thereof, that O'Brien pumps into his team, then I think this is the last outfit that, that Houston wants to see to out of the last three weeks. I don't think they're going to want much of it.
1: <laughs> um, so he's averaging 249 passing yards per game, but he's averaging 9.8 yards per attempt. To put that into context, last year, Patrick Mahomes averaged 8.8 yards per attempt. I mean... Yeah, no, it, dude,
3: it is... It is phenomenal. The plays over 20 yards for an offense that couldn't get any for five years. Um, unlocking outside receivers. Um, I mean, Neither what, Brown what A.J. Much. Brown is doing now, he's completely beasting out. I, dude, and what he's done for the run game. I mean, I haven't updated the numbers. But as of two weeks ago, he was throwing for 50 more yards per game than what they averaged under Mariota. And they were running for forty-five more a game. And again, nothing changed except for the quarterback. They didn't put in a new run scheme. Three offensive linemen back from injury. They didn't go. You know, it, it's the same. It's the same thing. But part of the reason life's been so much easier for Derrick Henry is because you now have to worry about this guy. Any down distance might just go seven-step drop and try to throw it over your head. He, he, and that yeah. changes. That changes things significantly. You know when it comes to how you defend the Tennessee t- I mean they're in co I mean it's kind of like what Lamar did last year. the entire ethos of the franchise changed, and it's it's a scary proposition for other teams who kind of always thought of them one way and you can prepare for them one way and now it's it's totally different
1: the um Derek Henry's per sixteen game averages he's played seven games with with Ryan Tannehill. His per sixteen game averages in those games, he's on. He would be on pace if he played. You know, everybody gets what I'm saying. Three hundred thirteen. All of
3: with Tannehill, yeah.
1: Yeah. If you if you just played sixteen games with Tannehill, based on his averages, three hundred thirteen carries, eighteen hundred ninety yards, twenty one rushing touchdowns, two hundred thirty eight passing receiving yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, God dang. Henry's have been a monster since Tannehill's yeah. I mean, I do think too. Like, there's a. And by the way, I told you about the the Derrick Henry. Team who has to defend Derrick Henry the next week against the spread.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It was a push because the Colts were up and the the Bucks came back and and pushed it at three, but now those teams straight up are one and seven since Derrick Henry was drafted. If you have to, if Derrick Henry goes for a hundred yards on you, the next week you're a one and seven straight up. So Oakland final home game against Jacksonville. Everyone is going to pick Oakland. I would not be surprised if the Jaguars stole them because that defense will be devastating. They have to play for net anyway. Like yeah, this offense is just good and they do have a I do worry a little bit that everyone is going to be on Tennessee after Houston, you know, laid an egg against, um, Denver. But I mean, it's hard not to like what the Titans are walking into, you know, or what the, what, what the, the, the Texans are walking into a hornet's nest in Nashville. I mean, it's going to be like that I think is going the, to the be
3: Texans really are not, the Texans are not, a, I mean, to me, the Texans are, they're, they're so up and down, but. I don't like, I don't, I don't think this is a good spot for them. They're supposed to have locked this division up. Everybody else in the division has made a quarterback change.
2: Hmm.
3: I mean, just think about it. Andrew Luck retires. Yeah. yeah. Right. Guard, yeah. We got the Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, Vortex of death. And then every, Marcus every, Mariota, right? The all, a top two pick gets yeah. benched. Yeah. at the end of the first month of the season. And the team was whatever, one and four. And here is Bill O'Brien's boys looking over their shoulder in week 15 mm. at this, this steam train coming down the tracks who will who will maul you at the point of attack on both sides of the ball, who can cut it loose and play from behind if they have to. I mean, it hasn't been all smooth sailing for, for Tennessee. It looked like the Colts were going to run away from them a week before that. Like – they're showing great in-game resilience. I get it, that Tennessee—I mean, that Houston from week to week can yo-yo and be really good. But like Houston, it's—it's it's either they're—they're they're, to me they're kind of front runners. They're either—they're either coming out storming and running away from people, or they're getting the snot kicked out of them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how Tannehill's not going to look at what Drew Locke did to that defense and say, "My God, give me some of that." You know? I like you. I like and, you. Her and heard...
1: I. I like the uh, over in that game.
3: Yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. And if Tennessee wants to play ball control, they can. If Tennessee has to open it up, they they will. I think they're unpredictable. Um and these kind of situations have not tended to bring out the best in Bill O'Brien coach teams. We'll we'll see.
1: Okay. Uh let's talk about some uh Some buzz from around the league. So Ron Rivera fired after we talked, but we knew we knew it was coming at some point. We just didn't think it was going to happen during the season. Um, I heard some. There is some chatter out there about uh Carolina and David Tepper trying to lure Pittsburgh executives. Um, but it's also I heard, and I don't know, I don't know what you've heard, but that he wants to hire the coach before he hires the execs. It seems like David Tepper is going to be very hands on here. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He maybe that's yeah, good. There's maybe no that's doubt bad. about that. Be seen.
3: What are you hearing with Kevin? Um I mean, look, there's there's people he has an affinity for from Pittsburgh, without a doubt. I mean, Kevin Colbert, the GM, Omar Khan, um, the next guy up in in their football operations, are both people who Tepper thinks the world of. Um, could he get one of them? He could. He could. Um if he structures things the right way, uh, I can. I know this. He's infatuated with the New England model as well, and the Patriot way. And now you got Nick Casario, who's a free agent. Um, you know, would that intrigue him? He's he's made it clear. If you read, and he seems to be a pretty transparent guy. I mean, immensely transparent. I don't think he's sending mixed messages through the media. He he made it pretty clear that he's intrigued by college coaches but not sure that's the way to go and that he really likes quarterback-driven model for head coaches in this day and age. And the NFL guys are experienced, NFL quarterback guys, um, you know, who if you have to play the first team to 45 wins, can do it. So does that lead him to a Josh McDaniels? Does that lead him to a Brian Dable? Um, does it lead him to somebody who has those New England roots who is forward thinking, who would understand um, the importance of, of analytics and who have a quarterback background? Um, you know, we'll see. And, and if you're hiring a guy like that, then it's not a stretch to think that a uh, Nick Casario could work with him, right? Because gee, he would have already done that. Um, but he, it very well could be somebody like an Omar Khan. I'm not sure that I know Kevin Colbert's from, Carolina area, and at some point we'll retire there. And I know his contract's up at the end of the year. I think Kevin stays in Pittsburgh to, to see out the Ben Roethlisberger era. Um, but does Tepper go and hire Omar Khan and make him, um, you know, the EVP of football operations or chief football officer, or whatever you want to call him. And you've got Marty Herney and some scouts who are, you know, holdovers as a part of that. Um, and then you're also restructuring and, and, and broadening an analytics department and also hiring um, you know, new pro personnel people and maybe new college scouting directors and things like that, it, it could certainly go down that way as well.
1: Colbert, by the way, I think, I think he's from the Pittsburgh area, but he has a house in Hilton Head.
3: Yeah, no, right? me, yeah he spends off-seasons in – I mean, he, he's got Carolina.
1: Well, like, I mean, he like,
3: will eventually retire in Carolina.
1: Yeah, worth noting that, like – People are like, well, he's got a house in Hilton Head, South Carolina. It's like, well, you can almost get to Pittsburgh. If you're rich, you can really get to like Pittsburgh faster than you can Charlotte. Cause like Charlotte, you probably, like you're driving to Hilton Head, maybe. I mean, it, I'm just noting that like it's not, if you're a millionaire, you know, you can, you can, you know what I mean? Like you can get to where you yeah. want to get without worrying about yeah. the timing of it. Um, he's also, I didn't realize this until literally seconds ago. He's the only general manager in the history of the Steelers. Isn't that right I mean, i ever crazy.
3: had that particular title. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, it's um, he was the director of football ops in 2000. Wikipedia says in 2010, Colbert was named the Steelers' first ever G- first. That was the ever- first time Teal- they
3: ever gave the GM title. I mean,
1: that has to mean something. Like he's the only guy who's ever been the GM yeah. for the most like blue blood NFL franchise. I-, I would think, and like he's not gonna. I mean, Mike Tomlin's putting the, guaranteed another winning season, whether they make the playoffs or not. Yeah, they made the Minka trade. It looks like a smart thing. Colbert's going to get credit for that. He's like you said, he's got big Ben there. So I, it would be surprising if he bounced right now for a re- reboot of sorts in Carolina. Uh The Redskins. What, what about Ron Rivera? Because I think he's been. I want to kind of sort of loop Ron Rivera in and transition to the Redskins because I think that that he's been. And there's somebody was like, well, I mean, why wouldn't the Redskins just go get Ron Rivera? It's like, why would Ron Rivera? Why go would Ron Rivera
3: go to the Redskins? Yeah. yeah that's,
1: exactly. okay. Just making sure that that's not, that's not happening, happening
3: unless. No, I mean, I think look, the Giants and people talk about the Gettleman connection. I would think Giants ownership would be intrigued with Ron Rivera, even if they blew out their football operations. Um,
1: Is Dave Gettleman you know, Atlanta, safe?
3: Atlanta. What's that?
1: Is Dave Gettleman safe?
3: I I don't know. I mean, I don't know that anybody should be feeling safe. Affiliated with that team right now. Um, uh, You know, Atlanta, I I mean, does does Arthur Blank finally hire an experienced head coach? And this is one who's won in that division. Um, Dallas, you know, I I think Dallas goes after Lincoln Riley and Matt Rule like crazy. But if that doesn't work out, does Ron Rivera make sense there? Um, And then, you know, the two dream jobs for Rivera would be returning to Southern California, which be the chargers if that were to open up and i'm not saying it will at this point my hunch is i guess it doesn't mm. or the bears where he obviously played but you know i don't think that one's going to open up this year yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how that goes but yeah there'll be numerous teams who want to talk to Ronda there and i i think the giants would be a pretty good fit
1: what about the uh, Redskins? You noted in your story, as your insider notes, and people should read that on TBSports.com, that Bruce Allen's role in the organization remains of vital importance to coaching candidates with the team's personnel and record falling under his leadership. Sources said Dan Snyder's beginning to understand the gravity of his situation and that major changes could be coming to the Skins front office this week. I'm not laughing at your reporting. I'm laughing at Dan Snyder's like looking around. He's like, maybe this isn't working. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it's like it's like it's the this is Fine Dog finally in the in the burning house, finally being like, Oh, it is on fire.
3: Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um I I look there's people I talk to in the league who I trust who are convinced that Bruce Allen is is going to be let go and, and possibly quite soon. Mm. Personally, I'm not reporting like I am not reporting that Bruce Allen is going to be fired soon because as much as I've heard people say that to me, I just don't, I don't believe it. And until Dan Snyder says those words to Bruce Allen, I mean, Dan Snyder is a guy who could change his mind five times in 30 seconds. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm not sure what's happening there. I've heard more and more about Dan being on the cusp of making a change to try to facilitate uh, a better coaching search and to, signal a willingness to restructure the organization, however said, you know, big fish coach wants, I I, like, like it was with Vinny Serato. I won't believe it until, you know what I mean? I see the press release. There won't be a press conference because Dan doesn't do press conferences, but uh, I'll believe it when I see the the press, the press release. Um, But this, you know, it is a critical situation in Washington and if if they want to you know flirt with David Shaw like they want to, if they want to
0: you yeah. know
3: entertain a possible courtship of Mike Tomlin, however far fetched that may seem, you, you've got to convey a willingness to turn the organization mind, body, and soul over to a guy like that.
1: Yeah, like you can't call David Shaw and be like, "Would you like to come meet with Bruce Allen?" Right talk about this right. job.
3: It's- right. Maybe I Shaw mean, even know. though those two work together, I mean, those two have Raiders connections. So, like, yeah. I, I get it. And, and Bruce would be, an, you know, a guy who would be advocating for David Shaw. But the bottom line is, like, this isn't about you hiring David Shaw. It's about David Shaw letting you hire him. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what it is. It's about you
1: recruiting him. Yeah. I mean, you're not – yeah, that's just not going to – oddly enough, if you go to David Shaw's Wikipedia page, this is weird, and you go to 2001 – where it says Oakland Raiders, and you scroll over where he was the QB coach, a picture of Robert Griffin III in a Redskins jersey pops up. Hmm. That's the Wikipedia page. It's uh, Matt Cavanaugh and RG three. If you look at position coach for Wikipedia, not like I'm doing all my research on Wikipedia, but I always like their little coaching career. Yeah, yeah, box because it's nice and easy to read. Um, I just can't imagine I mean Shaw's sort of tailed off a little bit at Stanford, but I mean they're, yeah. not gonna run. they're not gonna run him out of there. Right? I mean, like, you
3: know, he's No, I don't think it is it's nothing like that at all, but it's just about every look, there I mean, there's a shelf life to pretty much everything. And there are ebbs and flows and highs and lows and timing um matters. And if you're David Shaw and you just went four and eight or whatever and there's all kinds of pictures of your empty stadium down the stretch all over the internet and you're looking out there and there could be nine, 10, you know, I mean, upwards of a third of the league might be open. And a lot of these teams don't feel like they can take a chance on coordinator du jour. And there aren't a lot of it coordinators out there to begin with. And you're talking about markets like Dallas and the giants and Atlanta and maybe a team in LA. Um, that's a unique, that's, that's a unique set of circumstances. Mm. Um you know, it just is. And there's only I mean, okay, somebody's gonna hire Ron Rivera, you know, maybe maybe Marvin Lewis gets another bite at the apple. Um you know, maybe Rule or Riley, one of them jump, but there's there's not a lot of, you know, I mean look, a lot of these guys who are getting fight, like nobody's gonna run around chasing Jason Garrett. Not even the New York Giants, despite whatever you may hear. Like not a lot of people are gonna be running around, you know what I mean? chasing Dan Quinn with contract offers. Like these guys getting fired, Doug Marone, that's over. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, that Patricia, it's going to be a while. So who is he competing with?
1: Uh, Kevin Stefanski and Ron Rivera.
3: Right. Matt Eberflus. I mean, like I'm just saying like, eh, it might not be a bad time for David Shaw to open his ears up in a way he never has before. It doesn't mean he has to do anything. But could he, are there people who feel like he could be more inclined to listen now than any time in the last five years? There are. There are people it, who believe that could be the case.
1: Isn't it funny how it's like he's more, like potentially more inclined to listen when he's losing than when he, you know what I mean? Like it's like, cause you don't want, you can go from being the hot head coaching name to out of that buzz real fast. Yeah. As a college coach. Yeah. Doesn't take much. Um, all right. Anything else from uh, the week that caught your eye? Uh, I feel like Matt Rule is definitely jumping for Baylor to the NFL. I mean, he just signed
3: an eight-year extension. Although in college, you often <laughs> wonder if it's worth if it's worth what they're printed on, you know. Yeah. Um, the guy's it, it like I just think it'd be the most beautiful disaster in the world. I almost kind of hope it happens as much as he, he personally, at times, makes me want to puke on my shoes this urban Meyer like he's so desperate yeah. for a job right now and he, he thought the USC thing was going to be his and then to have them stay put like like the prospect of urban Meyer like grovelling and begging for an interview with the Jacksonville Jaguars would kind of just I, I might chuckle
1: at that that would be hilarious it would and now he would that would actually be interesting because like he's he like you know he did the whole he left Florida with, he, with health reasons. And I'm not doing air quotes, Shally Meyer, thank you very much. Don't you don't need to come at me. Um again. The uh he left Florida, health reasons, goes to Ohio State, made all the Florida people mad because then he went back and coached another blue blood school and won a title with them. So he did like a goodwill tour with Florida now that he's left Ohio State. If he went and coached the Jaguars, like, that's the basically the same fan base, the Jaguars and the Gators. So, I mean, like, he would have a built-in <laughs> fan base. He would get Jaguars fans pumped up. It would be hilarious if if he was the guy there. I like the idea of him coaching the Cowboys even more.
3: I just can't see Jerry. I don't see I, – I I don't see that one. I don't. I, mean, isn't, isn't, I, I hear way more about Matt Roller, Lincoln Riley with that job than I do. Well,
1: yeah, before. sure. But, like, is Lincoln Riley really going to leave Oklahoma to – I mean, just he can't stop getting in the college football playoff. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a free. I mean, I think he's gonna get blowtorched by LSU in this in the semifinal. Me LSU's too. like a fourteen point favorite. Like they're gonna get cold, stone cold smoke because their defense is not legit, whatever. And Joe Burrow is a, a monster. But I
3: mean, dude, at the end of the day, he's in the Big Twelve, man. You're talking about going from the Big Twelve to coaching the Dallas bleeping Cowboys. I yeah. Nah, hey, look, I, I just, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, Oklahoma's a nice job and everything, but come on, man. Yeah, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Most it's, weeks it's, it's, you're playing games that nobody cares about unless you're an Oklahoma fan, right?
1: Not, you're not wrong, man. Um, I mean, how many
3: conference games does he play that America stops and takes notice? Like, I, um, I mean, I'm going I'm to tell you, I don't, I'm, I'm on a train, you know, every Saturday. I'm not sitting there glued to college football, you know, like some people. But just tell me how many big games he's played this year. Because I got every week in Dallas is a big game. Yeah. How many big games did Oklahoma play this year?
1: Uh, I would say that you could games count. that
3: captured America's imagination, or you know what I mean, would have people outside of Sooner Nation paying attention.
1: I would say the Red River rivalry counts, and when they played Baylor in right. Baylor, but that only because Baylor was, ranked, only Baylor was, was well. 10 and they were losing, um, and then the Kansas State game that they actually lost, people were watching, and then that's really. Fun. Yeah, we, I really? was tuned in. Yeah, I mean, just because they were losing. Oklahoma-Kansas like, State? Well, Kansas State was up at home. Like, a, you know, you flip over. You're not, like, tuned into it. You're thinking it's a blowout. But
3: how many? But who was talking about that game going into that game?
1: Nobody. Exactly, yeah. There's probably Who was hyping
3: games. that game up? Who was like, got to see that one this weekend?
1: There's two games all year if you don't count the Big 12 championship. Yeah, whereas Dallas Cowboys have six <sighs> I'm, I'm with, you. I'm on, with you. If he gets offered the Cowboys job, he's got to take it. I
3: mean it's going to be uh, I mean look you'll have some reservations maybe about how Jerry and Stephen pick players yada 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 but they're pretty good at it What how old is this cat 35 years old
1: Oh he's yeah he's maybe like 29 he's younger than Debo Is he No I'm just he's younger than he, uh he is uh he just turned 36 in September
3: They offer you I mean and you've got some pieces there I mean I mean I, if like, I just if that thing gets to Urban Meyer, then I think a lot of people have said no. If you're
1: if you're Lincoln Riley, and you're and you truly believe that your offense can work at any level of football, and in theory it should, the Cowboys job is pretty perfect because you have the you have the offensive line, you have the superstar running right. back, you have the, the yeah. quarterback. I mean, if like they,
3: if they find a way to get back done before using the franchise tag, then you'll have Cooper yep. and Gallup. Yep. I mean, you have I mean all the could they use an upgraded things. tight end? Sure. I mean, yeah, I'm sure I'll find it. Like,
1: you might be able to get C D yeah. Lamb in the first round. I mean, like, you know, whatever you want to do. That guy's a beast.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, Jerry shows up, five years, fifty million dollars, and we, you know what I mean. We won't meddle in the offensive personnel. I mean, yeah, okay, and bring bring whatever staff you want.
1: Yeah. I like it. All right, let's get out of here. You got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. I got to go shop for presents. Apparently.
3: There you go. Yeah, man, get on that.
1: Hey, you're a Peloton owner. What do you think about these Peloton ads? You like the outrage? (laughs) The poor girl. She's like, everything's fine. I
3: I, I mean, I thought it was a weird commercial. The first time I saw it, I was just like.
1: I didn't think she was like. I really
3: don't know whose point of view it's coming from. Like, it just (laughs) seemed. She seemed distressed. You know what I mean? Like, why not just establish that, like, she asked for it. Like, we were Peloton because my wife asked for it. She's like, hey, would you, you know, what do you think about getting a Peloton for Christmas?
1: Yeah, and then you were in Minnesota, and you ran into, like, the deal. The yeah, Dubai.
3: and I bought it at the Mall of America. I'm like, all right, just try it. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: But it wasn't like I sprung it on her, and then, like, and, dude, who would go back and, like, can you imagine sitting down on a couch watching clips of your wife work out? <laughs> <laughs> like just that part of it alone. Take out the the whole like the patriarchy, and which I'm down with. Like I think I think the whole perspective is warped. Like I would never tweet about it because I don't think I don't care about it that much. But right. like I get where like the what the bleep is that is coming from. But just remove all that. Just think about the pure act of one year later, someone feeling like compelled to record it, yeah. and then sitting down and watching it.
1: You know what also, I mean? Like was she? Because she didn't look. When she first got the Peloton, I guess that, like they had to make her look a little nervous about it, but like she wasn't. It looked like, like it was sprung on her. Yeah, but she wasn't like some distressed, broken human being, right? <laughs> she looked like she got like a nice job. Like she's got a, she's dressed nicely. She's got like a nice job. I mean, I don't know. Like it just is very bizarre. Like she's in a nice house. She's got kids, a husband. Look, the whole like, point of view, like, wasn't really established. But
3: the whole idea of sitting, like, I just can't, like. I'd rather rearrange my socks or, I mean, not that much. Le- I think my wife looks very attractive in some of the workout clothes or whatever. Like, I'm not against it, but can you imagine someone wanting to do that? And then the other, and then like the dude being like, "Yeah, let's let yeah, cool." Let, yeah. I'm It's so neat that you took all these bizarre selfies that you made and turned them into a mini movie that we're now going to watch on the couch.
0: Yeah. It was a weird.
3: You know thing. what I mean? Yeah, I'm with like, you. I, I would- want to watch my wife wake up and like take a video of herself waking like at 6 a.m. Also, D- if i document <laughs> that she worked out, first of all, the bike registers everything. You know what I mean? Like, so. Assuming he knew her password and if he set the bike up for it, he may have like she didn't need to go through all the lengths anyway. If he's really that creepy, he could just log in at her and see how often she's working out. You know what I mean? Like, depending on how far down the rabbit hole we want to go. I if- thought it was a crazy. I thought it was a bad crazy commercial, honestly.
1: I I would agree. And if I bought, um, I mean, I I would say this to my wife if she was like,
3: again, I don't think it was so bad that it should have like, you know, crushed their stock. But I think it also shows how arbitrary the stock market is and how sort of ridiculous that whole note. I mean, we can look. you probably brought this up with the wrong cat, but like.
1: If you turn,
3: I think it signals problems question. way bigger than a crappy ad. You know what I mean? The fact that that could happen to a business, the fact that the nature of of the stock market is that arbitrary and that yeah. sort of fragile.
1: But, like, the ad the ad was working. Like, they'd run it for, like, weeks, and then all of a sudden there was this, like, random spring-up of backlash. And everybody was like, you're right. This is insane. And then it immediately resulted in, like, the, st- the stock, like, Peloton stock crashing. And now if you, like, go buy a Peloton for Christmas for somebody, you're a misogynistic piece of, like, dog crap.
3: Well, I wonder if you can get them cheaper deal. Now. Yeah. You should, have yeah. they Have they lowered the price? I mean, look, the first time I saw it was – I think it might have been in studio and it was on a game we didn't have the volume on, and I just was like, it just kind of struck me as odd. And then I saw it like at home, with the volume, and I may have even gone back and like rewound it because I'm like, was that was that woman? You know, like was that husband and wife sitting on the couch watching a year's worth of her she, did she videos? Kidnap? Well, it wasn't even that. It was just, like, who would do that? Like, who? what ad exec would ever think that, like, that's rational, normal behavior or, or exceptional behavior that should be pointed out in a positive light? Like, I'm like, that's some creepy shit. Like, that's weird. Like, why, like, that she would make it and that they would watch it, regardless of who asked for the bike, which is never really established, or how the bike came in their life, or whether he just sprung it on her, which was my immediate reaction, especially seeing it without – being able to, you know, hear whatever limited dialogue there was, I, I was, I don't know, man. And her facial expressions were well, just. She did seem. She
1: seemed distressed. Yes, she looks petrified. She's like, I'm a little scared. It's like you're on a stationary bike. Just use your feet and and move. Now like, I will say, like the first
3: time, it is kind of weird. Like if you got to make sure you got it set up right, and putting on the shoes is a little bit of a deal. Um, I mean, come on. But no, this was like. SOS. Yeah. I just thought the whole vibe was off. I couldn't figure out whose perspective was really coming from. And I just couldn't get my head around. Like of all like everybody's got limited time. Like who who, you know what I mean? Sits down at Christmas a year later to watch all these bizarre videos she felt compelled to make of herself, either on the bike or explaining life around the bike or you know what I mean? Yeah. What universe does that happen? Like where who thought that was a good idea?
1: Uh, well, Peloton executives, clearly. All right. We got- and I didn't
3: realize it took, like, weeks for it to take off. Like, the first time I saw it, I was like, that's a weird ad. I'd like to see what, what, what's actually being said in it. And then when I saw it and it was being said, I, I literally kind of, re- like, rewound on the DVD. Not, I mean, on the, you know, like the DVD or oh, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can just rewind it in real time. Yeah. And I'm like, did, were they really watching videos of her work out? On the couch, like, in the middle of the day around Christmas? I think
1: I saw it, like, 20 times as, like, a throwaway, and I was like, this is stupid. Like, I I would be – I don't want to watch – like, you wake up on Christmas morning a year later, and you're like – you're watching – like, Like, I don't want that. First of all, I don't want that at
3: Christmas. at Christmas, people go – it's like Chevy Chase, right, in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Like, I could see going back and watching old, like, you know – Super 8 videos of, you know, me and my brother opening up presents when we were kids or, or our kids, you know what I mean? Like when Chloe was three or something. But, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because that's the spirit of you would think it's a holiday ad, and that's sort of the vibe they're going for. But to take it there, I was just like, <laughs> that's messed up. You,
1: you know who owes – and Devo's going to stab me in the face. <laughs> you know who owes, uh, who owes Peloton a thank you note or like a Christmas card is Apple because they're not g- catching any flag for de- the dead Nana commercial. It's like, like, you know, the like grandfather, like, like, you, you see that one where they're, uh, it's like Nana's still here and it's like a cutout picture. It's a sweet thing. Oh,
3: the two little girls make like the video.
1: Yeah. Like it's a little, I mean, like, it, it's a little w- weird. I mean, if we're being honest here. I mean, right? Like, I, I know I'm trying like, to remember, I haven't paid as much attention to that one. Right, cause you're, cause the Peloton ad's constantly running. And like, the, the Apple ad, they're like, they're like, he's like, oh, it's like Nana. And then like, then, then they're like, is Nana, is Nana, is Nana here? Um, and then, and then there's like a That's picture. That's another of one where
3: I feel like I've seen it more without the work, you know what I mean? Without yeah. the volume than with it.
1: It's playing on the heartstrings of the idea of like, create, it's like, make someone's Christmas special. Give them an iPad with a picture of their dead wife. It's like, you know, did I'm they sure put he her mish-
3: in? Did they like? But did they kind of create a scrapbook of stuff that she wasn't in that they put her in?
1: Yeah, and like, the, yeah, it's like a mishmash of like, uh, it's a, yeah. It's see, little... when when it's kids,
3: I have a hard time. Like, who knows? You know what I mean? What I'm like they got like, the, that's the of kids that's, in there, that's the so bailout. I can't really that's second guess it. You know what I mean? I don't know where it's coming from. Like, but but, Peloton couple. I mean, it's either him or her, and either way, right. how they got to the point where they're on the couch watching that is—that's a road I don't want to go down.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, there's some sort of like, uh some sort of somebody's up to something. You know, it's, it's a weird situation. All right, let's get out of here. I'm glad I asked the question though. JLC, watch him on the NFL today. I watched him on the NFL today on Sunday. Talking with Jim Rome. Love Jim Rome about uh love Rome. Rome's the best about insider stuff. You watch it from twelve to one Eastern on uh, every Sunday, and uh, follow him on Twitter at Jason Lockeford. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ. Talk to you next week, buddy.
3: You got it, bud. Have a great week. Thank you.
0: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.